Elizabeth Flay. Hi, everyone. I'm Portia. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to the Flavor of Love podcast. Uh, we're new here. Please be nice. Um, we just really like trashy reality TV shows, and we hope you do too, because you decided to listen to this. Um, this week, we're diving into Flavor of Love, the episode entitled, Sometimes Flavor Flav Gets Lonely. So why did we decide to do this podcast? Well, um, I, I know it was your idea, and I'm really happy that you wanted me to be part of the podcast, because I am what VH1 made me. <laughs> Like, that era of VH1, the mid-2000s, really is that girl. And I think there's no part of our current pop cultural landscape that was not shaped by what VH1 did. And Flavor of Love <laughs> is paramount to that, to that, that reason. So, like, I can't imagine not standing Flavor of Love. And I hope people listening to this can really get into it, like if they haven't before. So I think we're bringing culture to the girls or making them remember something maybe that they've forgotten about. Absolutely, absolutely. I think the show is iconic. Definitely the best of the dating yeah. shows yes, on yes. VH1. And honestly, period. Like what does The period. Bachelor have on The Black Chiller? <laughs> <laughs> which is what he calls himself in episode one and it's so interesting that like the bachelor has i think been around right for like 20 years i may be making that up because i do not watch that show but the white folks go up for the bachelor in a way that like does not speak to me <laughs> but for some reason flavor of love spoke to us gen like generationally for a lot of millennials, um, it's a cultural touchstone. So I, I wonder if we can get to the bottom of that in this podcast, like figuring out why Flavor of Love, I Love New York, I, what's the name of the one with, with Chance and Chameleonaire? No, Chameleonaire's a rapper, girl. What was his brother's <laughs> name? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? They I have were no on, idea who you're talking about. Girl, okay. Oh my I god. I never watched I Love New York. Maybe that's the next version of this podcast. You have not watched I Love New York. I haven't. I'm so sorry. That's the podcast, guys. We're done. We're leaving. No. Okay. Yeah. So um I think once we finish seasons one and two of Flavor of Love, we gotta tackle. We, we just have to, I Love New York, because the foolishness that comes out of that show leads to a couple of other spinoffs, right? And then obviously there's Charm School with the Flavor of Love girls mm -hmm. um, and Rock of Love. I don't know if you ever saw Rock of Love. I never did, but I'm aware of its existence. Let me tell you how deep VH1 was into my psyche. I watched um, Surreal Life which is what brought yes, us yes. Flav and Brigitte Nelson, Flavor of Love, Charm School, I Love New York, New York Goes to Work, yep. um, Chance <laughs> at Love, which was a spinoff of 
when Chance and his twin brother, whose name is escaping me, had their own show that was a spinoff of I Love New York. I watched Rock of Love. I watched Daisy of Love, which I think had two seasons. VH1 was all up in my bedroom after 10 p.m. at night. That is all I watched after I finished my homework. So um, we'll see where this podcast goes because we have the material. We do. do a lot. Um, whatever Hulu has for us, we, we, we may as well explore. So, yeah. So to give the girls a little overview, season one originally aired January 1st through April 2nd, 2006. That was seventh grade for me. That was How were you? for me. <laughs> oh yeah, you are. Yeah, you are a year younger. Yeah, 2006. That was 14 years ago. Oh, wow. Man. And it's still culturally relevant. Like, think about, like, memes. Think about what's on Twitter right now. It's always screen caps or GIFs from Flavor of Love or I Love New York also. Right. That's... Give give Tiffany Pollard her flowers. Give her Ellen DeGeneres' goddamn show. Yes. (laughs) Because one, people would get paid a living wage, and two, she's funny. She's actually funny. The talent jumps out every time. Every uh-huh. time. Man. Well, it, 14 years. Wow. Hmm. 15 beds and a bucket of puke. All right, let's get this started. Um, so 20 women wait in the mansion for Flava Flav. Um, he exits his gorgeous limo in a pink suit, white gloves, top hat, diamond nose ring, and a signature clock. Um, and Big Rick, his bodyguard, holds his coattails. Um, what do you have to say about that outfit? I thought it was incredible, impeccable. <laughs> <laughs> he. Flav is camp, and I feel like when we talk about camp, um, the conversation very much centers whiteness, and it leaves out all the ways, like, Black culture is camp, and particularly Black men, and, like, Flav of Flav, even when he was actively in Public Enemy in the 1980s, like, his performance was camp. Like, you had all these other, other, like, Negroes hard in the paint, rap and whatever, and then he pops right. up. And so I I like that thread <laughs> that I feel like just runs through through black pop culture of camp. And I love that these women see him and are losing their minds. Like I don't know which handler was out here like <laughs> let's go. Up. Y'all can't see me because <laughs> this is a podcast. But was like clap, scream, go crazy, and the girls are like, "Yes, I love that ugly man. <laughs> That's my future. Oh my god, I'm gonna get my bills paid." Meanwhile, y'all, Flav has no money. Right? Um, he is <laughs> that, that bro. He's a deadbeat dad. A deadbeat dad. <laughs> and so, and some of them, I'm sure, know that. While others, there, Laura, would you say there were a few girls who you're like, no, nah, they they want to be with him. They, there were definitely some girls who were <laughs> feeling the fantasy. 
yes. who believed that he was the man for them. Woo, uh, well, we're going to get into rain. We're going to get, we'll into, get rain. into that. <laughs> um, I, yeah, we're going to talk about rain, uh, but back to, um, the, the outfit, I will say that, um, he never misses. I think throughout never. this season and season two, there are a number of outfits he wears that even the girls compliment him on. And some of the compliments do seem genuine because I, I think men used to really dress like bad bitches, particularly in the 60s, 70s, oh, yes. even up to the 80s. And, um, you know, the mid-2000s were a haunting time in fashion, oh. um, as particularly men's fashion. Um, and okay. I don't know, it's refreshing. <laughs> but I, I do enjoy that this man still dresses like a bad bitch. And oh yes, um, there's I don't know. There's just fun there. There's there's something that like I obviously not that I'm attracted to Flav and what would not be at my tender age of twelve when I was watching this, but I can see the appeal of somebody who doesn't take himself too seriously mm-hmm. and is actually it is legitimately a rap icon, a cultural icon. So in defense of Rain, you know, <laughs> we'll we'll let it cook, but. Let's move on to, to what happens next. Flav gets each girl a flower. Yeah. Um, oh, but, but before that, as he goes inside, his song Flavor Man starts playing. <laughs> flavor, 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 man. Flavor, 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 man. Is it, a, is it a bop? Is it a miss? What, what, do, you, what do you think? Ooh, uh, mm, okay. Uh, Bob, I'd say it's a Bob. Okay. I, I, I think I do agree with you. I think would I put it on in my home while I'm cooking or cleaning? No. But if it came on at a party, two yeah. white claws in, I'm, I'm bopping. <laughs> Only two. Only two. <laughs> oh wow. Um, then he introduces himself to the girls as the greatest hype man in the music business. And I'd agree, I'd agree. Like how many hype Accurate. men in hip hop do you know by name? Not many. I, I wanna say Fonz, Bentworth, Pentworth, whatever that. But he was, he was, was he even a, a hype he man? Was he an was umbrella like a professional boy. umbrella boy. You, you're this. right. So Flav carved his own lane, and the lane is still him. <laughs> He's yes. the only one running in it to this day. He is 40 the blueprint. Years <laughs> the, the blueprint, really, though. Good for him. <laughs> Ooh. Then we get to the point where he calls himself the Black Chiller. We've talked about that a little bit, you know, how yes. this is really like the Bachelor for the black folks and the messy bird avian like of us <laughs> we we are we are birds i think 12 year old me knew that i was capable of bird behavior um 
and now 14 years later i can confirm i am of i do flock with other birds frequently and Um, i'm one of them yes (laughs) yes we we have done many a northern and southern flight in formation to, to to continue our bird activities across the eastern seaboard um but you know what i think a show like this is meaningful because birds can get their due we can go on tv (laughs) we can make it happen because as much as i love new york new york was a bird i remember well that we're we're getting ahead of ourselves but but mama exhibited a lot of toucan behavior this season (laughs) and very much so in season two but we'll we'll get to that we will get to that maybe before we move on for our listeners who don't know maybe we should define what we mean when we say a bird. I, you know what, we're gonna take it to Urban Dictionary and then I think we should each give our own interpretation of of the definition. So. Urban Dictionary says, and I quote, British slang meaning girl, like the American chick, Man, I was talking to that bird just the other day. So that seems very dated, very white, um, not not satisfactory in in my opinion. Um, Lauren, would you like to give your your interpretation of of the word? Ooh, okay. So I would say that a bird is a not necessarily just a young woman. It could be. Um, we got 55-year-old birds. 75-year-old birds. We have we, a woman, a gay gentleman, a non-binary person who um, will do anything for the object of their affection. Yes. Including be, being, you know, messy. Yeah. Being obsessed. Yes. We'll do truly anything for the D or the P or whatever that, whatever they're aiming for. And you know, to, to piggyback off of that, I want to say a, being a bird is not a life sentence. You know what I'm saying? It is not a predetermined destiny. You can, you can go in and out of it. Some people will, will do it for a period of, of, of their life and they will never do it again. And I think the show in particular is a place where in that moment in time, every, all 20 of those women were birds. And um, I think when we look at where those women are now, maybe half are still birds. And I think that's reassuring because I don't want to always have to be a bird. Sometimes I want to be a person. Um, and. And that's all I'm gonna say. Okay, okay. Now that we've defined that, let's get back to the show uh, where the girls realize there are only 15 beds and 20 birds. Wow, there's a shock um, and the fear sets in, I would say. Yes, the bird activities activate. They are immediately 
they're, they have a scarcity mindset. Um, they don't want to get kicked out of the bird cage. The mansion is the bird cage. Um, and I think that's when you see the claws come out or the talons in this case. And we really get to, I think it's established early on via New York's voiceovers and like kind of cuts to her that she is the villain. And I love that. And I think other reality television programs that follow establish a similar template for who that villain's going to be each season on these kinds of dating shows. Um, so seeing that kind of connection was really exciting uh, for me watching this back. Um, but we don't spend a lot of time with New York this episode. I think we focus on some of the other girls, um, especially Hottie, mm. who after New York is my favorite of the girls. Now we're jumping ahead because Flav has not fully named these women yet. He has not given them their slave names. They have not been broken in by the overseer, <laughs> but Hottie is one of the, one of the icons to come out of the show. And I think it's safe to say she's probably still a bird mm. and I wouldn't have it any other way. So. Okay. She's delusional. Uh, she's fun. I mean, she's good television. She is great television. And let's see. So the naming ceremony commences. Yeah. Uh, he puts their name tags on their titties. As one, delight. Does. <laughs> as one does there are so many things in this tv show that would not pass today that would not fly today at all the sexual <laughs> harassment suits would be miles long oh yeah <laughs> truly even some of the names um that he chose were in some cases, it felt like, based on stereotypes, whether positive stereotypes about, oh, you know, do I want to say, what, what did he call Goldie, Goldie for? Was that a problematic one? I thought it was because she was light-skinned. I can't That could be me projecting. But some of these girls, I was just like... Miss Latin. <laughs> yes, that... Was it uh, Miss Cherry because of her nipples? Yes. Yes. See, these are things that in 2020, you go into jail. <laughs> Somebody's getting sued. And um, yeah, Miss Latin, that one was always like. <sighs> Where is the cultural where's the diversity and inclusion training? You know what I'm saying? Okay. And I think that, and being from Miami, I, cause you know, I'm, you, you pick me as your co-host, you know, I'm a rant. I just think about the ways that black men sexualize non-black Latinx women is always so interesting to me because growing up here, it's very much like, oh, but she's not white, but she's, she's exotic enough. She's, she's different enough that there's something like exciting and enticing. Um, and like this exotification of like Latino women um, obviously is problematic. Um, but I also want us to, I want black men to interrogate why they continue to be the weakest links. <laughs> but do they have the range? <laughs> do they have the range? And we're finding out more often than not, they don't. Um, and I think watching the program when I was 12 um 
and like hearing in particular Miss Latin was just kind of reinforcing being a dark-skinned black woman growing up in Miami that like value is given to certain bodies and certain um, gender presentations and just not my own. Uh, not that I want to be validated by this cricket of a man, but it's still, right? Like it's still there. Like that's, he's speaking for society. Like through him, I'm hearing, right? All of these kind of negative um, things being reinforced. So yeah, I hated these names. I hated the way he played with their breasts. I hated that for one of those boring white women, he spent 45 minutes trying to figure out what to call her. And she was like, tap dancing, like, oh, um, I like scuba diving. I like the ocean. <laughs> and he was like, you know, 45 minutes later, <laughs> I'm gonna call you shells with a Z. <laughs> with a Z. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, Bubbles got a Z. Who else got it? Dimples got a Z. Hoops got a Z. <laughs> Let's go through all of the names, though. So we have Hoops, New York, Pumpkin, No Second P, uh, Goldie, Smiley, Hottie, Oyster, who becomes Red Oyster. She takes some of that power back. Yes. That she dog has worn red for like six years straight. <laughs> what he said, that's crazy. That's creepy. <laughs> Whatever he said, I screamed. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. I like her a lot. Right? She's got her little whip. Uh, then we have Sweetie. We have Peaches, Serious, Apples, Dimples, Georgia, Miss Latin, Rain, Bubbles with a Z, Cherry, Picasso, Shells with a Z, and Smokey. Yeah. Ooh. Not his best work. Not his um, best work. Not his best work. Picasso, um, I think, matched his crazy. And I feel like she was one of the few people who truly enjoyed her name and was like, yes, we're here. Like, she felt that connection. And I think he was like, this bitch is crazy. Um, <laughs> but we'll, 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 we'll talk, talk about that. <laughs> okay. One of my favorite quotes comes up uh, from Goldie. She says, mm -hmm. you know, it kind of reminded me of a ghetto prom and everybody had the same date. And, <laughs> and she's right. She's right. No lies detected. <laughs> and then uh, another part that really stood out to me is Apples. When she said, I didn't, I wasn't sure how ghetto everyone was going to be. I <laughs> screamed. Again, again, in 2006, you could say that. In 2020, that white woman would be on Twitter apologizing and donating to the NAACP. <laughs> it would not fly. It wouldn't. Oh, my God. But uh, You so, know what? Another quote. Oh, sorry. No, it's just like the different white women are so fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of them clearly came to Los Angeles to break into Hollywood. Others had made various life choices that led them down the path. And I think Pumpkin, I think Pumpkin was like, I'm here. And I don't know what she was here to do except spit on New York, but we, gon we, we will get to it when the time comes. Well. Ooh, okay, so 
now we're at the point where the girls have this sort of free-for-all for Flav and Hottie hogs Flav and the girls are mad. My mad. mansion, my money, my man. Hottie's an icon. Oh. She, she walked so the city girls could run. Absolutely. And I, it's just so funny to me how the girls think they're going to be living in that mansion with Flame. <laughs> Rented by VH1. <laughs> Paid for by VH1 and by Acom's money. Yes. Yes. I mean, New York did say they were idiot bitches. And um, no offense. Let's, let's unpack the misogyny. Right. Huh? I mean that with the utmost love. <laughs> Absolutely. We we do not condone hating women on this podcast. My favorite part out of out of this um this free for all for Flave is Picasso's part because Picasso's my favorite. That's why I am Picasso. Picasso is me. She is <laughs> so genuine i just don't know how she made it to this casting office how the casting office found her but she tells flave she likes painting and masturbating um ah what 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 does one say about picasso <laughs> i have written down um picasso is quote unquote goofy and weird and you know what yeah and i feel like it's refreshing in a in a mansion full of other birds who are at, you know i don't think picasso's a bird or if she's a bird she's a well-meaning bird she's not a bird with a plan oh yeah except to to go on the show and maybe find love and i think that is why she does not make it because you can't go on reality television and be genuine you have to go and be a character and you have to produce yourself or get produced. And she got produced outside of that house. And, you know, it, unfortunately it is what it is. I think also in that conversation, we learn about Flav's sexual appetite and what he has packing downstairs, which is not a Mack truck, according to him, but he does have a bus where we got the school bus a city bus. I don't know. I don't want to know. But he does have eight kids. Something. So we we do know it works. Mm -hmm. One more thing about Picasso. Earlier, mm -hmm. she does say that Flav reminds her of her dad. <laughs> and I hollered because what is going on there? <laughs> lack of therapy there's there's things that i think she needed to unpack probably before going on the show but we saw a little bit of that on the show and i'm glad for it because that was wild um people do say that women want to date their fathers as like you know as men want to date their mothers and kill their fathers like there's a there's a lot going on with her that it would have been fun to explore if she had made it that much further <laughs> yeah further than a single episode but we'll never know 
We'll never know. I wonder what where she is now. I think for this episode, we should look up where Picasso is now. Yeah. See yeah. how she's doing. I would love to get her on this show, though, on this podcast. We have got to find her. We're gonna make it happen. We're gonna we're gonna manifest we are it. Manifesting. Let's see where to go next. Um, let's well, talk we can talk about Cherry. Oh, let's talk oh, about Cherry. Uh, because Cherry, before Rain shows up, Cherry and her nipples uh, take Clay from Shells and another boring white woman. Uh, they start making out, and the girls watch in disgust and jealousy um, from the from the mansion that VH1 pays for, and. What I thought was heartbreaking about this, um, knowing what was going to happen right with Cherry, was, <laughs> sis, you did all of that, and he ain't even give you a clock. Right. And that's not to say, right, she doesn't have her own sexual agency, and maybe she did want to do that. But she, I do not believe she came on the show to find love, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, she said, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to use what the good Lord gave me and my plastic surgeon. And I'm going to entice this man. And it did not work. And I hate that for her because when she left the house in a dramatic fashion, I felt for her. I did. But Rain shows up. And it's clear that Rain is fucking crazy. And I don't use that term lightly. But what's upstairs and what she's feeling is very much, um, is unhinged to dramatic. It's very clear that she wants this man and she might kill to get him. It was very Lifetime, very TV One, very Tyler Perry on Netflix. Um, I would not feel safe with her in the house. I would give her a wide berth. Um, that's all I have to say about Rain. I was not. I was not sure if our good sis was going to kill Flav and then kill herself. I I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought she was going to kill New York, but that's. I think that's episode two. So we'll we'll discuss. <laughs> Oh, let's get to Goldie. She, um, her very iconic Strawberries and Champagne song. Um, strawberries and Champagne. And you can tell she ain't been out of North Carolina. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> North Kakalaki. She I love when people say that. too much. And she pukes. And she passes out. Uh, the rest of the girls like revive her and she just gets right up and keeps going. I am inspired and yes. next time I have a little too much fun, hopefully I can do the same thing. Yeah. Goldie was very powerful in that moment. I also think like the girls who rallied around her are really good people because I, I would think of myself as friendly enough and like a nice person. Um, but if I don't know you and we're 
in a reality television competition, I will kind of just let you, I'm going to let you cook. You know, I'm not going to die? I'm not going to let her choke on her own vomit, but like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go talk to a producer. I'm going to go talk to a handler and be like, y'all going to clean that up? Because the girls were cleaning up her puke. Oh. Um, I would do that for maybe five people. And unfortunately, Goldie is not one me? of them. Yeah, I would clean up your puke. Aw, I'd clean up I your would. Puke. See, but we're, we're, right, this is friendship. But also, this is a competition. It, maybe we need to make alliances. Um, <laughs> I'm very much like, and I want to know your, your wh- wh- how you consider yourself, what character you would play on a, on a, on a TV show. But I think... I would play the game very similar to Shangela from Drag Race. Mm. Um, All Stars 3 Shangela. And probably season three of, of the regular season. You have, I would, I would be manipulating. I would be making alliances. I would be very similar to Oyster in certain ways, like letting Flav know the tea, uh, which could have not worked out for her. We'll talk about that later. But I think, I wouldn't call myself a villain, but I would, the political machinations would, would be present and only a select few would know. Mm. So that's, well, how do you think you would, you would act on a, on a reality show? I would probably be too innocent and too genuine and go home first. You would be Probably Picasso. a lot of crying. Um, if not Picasso, I would be... What is her name? Oh my god. Bubbles? Uh, not Bubbles. No, um, Asian stripper. Was she in, was she in season two? Are you talking about the girl that cried all the time but made it? Yes. Oh, you were talking about, I will tell you, it's not Smokey. Is it smiley? Smiley. It's smiley. Okay. Yeah, I would be smiley if I'm not Picasso. But yeah, <laughs> that's me. Too too innocent. Too too trusting. Too genuine. Lauren. Lauren. Yeah. I would be so sad if you were like if we were on a show together. And you went home first. Like, I couldn't protect you. Aw. I'd be so sad. But I, I, would win, I would win it all for us. Thank you. You know, when the drag race girls are crying because they sent their friend home, and now they're like, I'm going to win the competition for the, for the New York girls. Um, that, would be, that would be me. That'd be my Leo jumping out. But <laughs> back to our, our scheduled program. So Big Rick comes to... And the mixer. Uh, and as we mentioned, Goldie passes out and vomits. And the girls do come to her rescue, which is a really nice, wholesome moment. Um, Rain, actually, who you and I have both agreed on, <laughs> is unhinged and slightly terrifying, is actually one of the main people who looks out for Goldie. And I think um, I would argue that Rain is genuine which is what makes her um, craziness more terrifying for me. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, with New York, New York came on that show to play a character. 
And I, I never once was convinced that like it was not an act it was a very convincing act and like i love what she did because she's clearly my favorite but um her craziness came with a this is the role you're playing versus rain where i'm like you will cut somebody you are willing to slash every single neck in here to get what you want um so to see her tenderly take care of goldie was it was interesting it was very interesting um we also see the producers giving us a little little alley oop with hoops you see my little basketball reference mm -hmm. um we have a cutaway of hoops being worried that she may go home because she's not such a loud personality the way some of the other girls were but i'm here to let hoops know that you are light skin with light eyes you're not going anywhere miss mama you got a tight body um you're pretty the road does not end for you just yet. So I thought that was funny. And I thought that was the producers being like creating a story arc for her, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I don't know. I like watching back and seeing where clearly production is doing stuff. So what happens next? Uh, Big Rick shuts down the party and uh, they Slave and Rick go upstairs and they uh, figure out which, which girl's going home. What did you think about uh, some of the things Slave was saying as he was making his decisions? Do you think that was stuff producers were feeding him or how he was like really feeling in the moment? I think it's stuff the producers are feeding him. Absolutely. Like, they know who's going to make good tv and they don't want to waste time they know how many episodes that they have they know who needs to go home first who's not you know making the cut who's not proving themselves so they made those decisions for him i think in his little earpiece probably <laughs> <laughs> it's like big rick holding up like this is don't play because I'm sure he, maybe he wanted to keep Cherry. He was like, listen, Cherry, Cherry putting out, all right? She don't got to right. go nowhere. And the producers were like, you're keeping Oyster, even though you <laughs> said she's crazy. <laughs> there are definitely parts of the show where you can tell, like, Flav is giving his honest opinion, but mm -hmm. has to make decisions based on, you know, uh, the story the producers are creating. Um, so let's move on to the clocks and who he's giving a clock to. Mm -hmm. My fave, Hottie gets the first clock what'd you think about that i thought that was fascinating because even though she does show him a good time you know you you automatically would have thought that cherry would have got it because you know they did have so much one-on-one -on -one time <laughs> yeah but we find out that she doesn't get a clock so Hottie getting one first makes sense when you think about production putting their hands in the pot and stirring things around. Absolutely. I completely agree. I saw that and they said Hottie is good TV. They are correct. She's been wonderful television. She's been a fantastic meme, both in this show. She was on Cheaters. She was on Blind Date and some other reality television shows. Like the girl made the rounds because she's good at what she does. And so... When she got the first clock, doesn't make sense. Um, 
but it also makes the most sense. Uh, so I was pleased. That was that was a moment most pleasing to me in my my career. Um, I'm gonna go down the order of girls who get clocks. Um, second is Sirius. I think Sirius is interesting because she is one of the girls that I was like, so why are you on this show? You have wonderful diction. Um, you are articulate. You don't come off as a bird. You're probably an AKA or a Delta. She's a little dark. I don't know if the AKs let, let anybody darker than a paper bag in nowadays or definitely not in 2006. Oh, yeah. Um, so I thought the choice of her was interesting. She was in the conversation with Picasso um, and her, she definitely turned her nose up at a lot of the conversation that was going on during that time. So it just felt like she's not a good fit in the house. So I want to see where, um, where her story goes, because is it production or is it Flav? Because she is a beautiful girl. So maybe Flav said, she's a little boring, but maybe I can bring her out of her shell. Well, I guess we'll see as the episodes go on. Um, next is New York, Pumpkin's Mad, right? So we're seeing the producers create that story of that kind of rivalry between the girls. Um, Smiley, where her crying self is number four. We have Peaches, who cares? Um, Miss Latin, with her problematic name, bless her heart. And also her problematic background, which we, we learn more about in episode two. Um, hoops. So as we know, Hoops had nothing to worry about. Dimples is next. Number nine was Apples, uh, the white woman who said, wow, it is the get and the toe <laughs> up in this mansion. I hate it here. Um, she, she ended up making the cut. Oyster, soon to be Red Oyster, my girl, my favorite dominatrix. Um, Georgia, Sweetie, Pumpkin, Rain with her crazy self, and dramatically enough, Goldie. What do you think about these choices? I was quite pleased, except for Apple. I thought Apple's was like very confusing. <laughs> like, why do they have this very boring white woman making the cut? Um, it's just, uh, you know, Flav says, if you get a clock, you know what time it is. If you don't get a clock, that means your time is up. I personally don't think she knows what time it is, <laughs> but she got that clock. Um, she did. And she got to keep her slave name. She got to keep her slave name. But aside from that, the rest of the choices kind of makes sense to me. Girls that make good TV, um, and even if they don't seem like they make the best TV, like hoops, they're mm -hmm. pretty, they're pretty girls that mm -hmm. they obviously want to keep around. I completely agree. I think, um, right, when you break it down to these categories, especially mid-2000s beauty standards, hoops is there. Um, Miss Latin uh, for obvious reasons. Um, though these girls are not um, the cream of the crop, right? Like these are still VH1 um, reality television contestants and they are not polished in the same way as Bachelor contestants are. Like those women, as boring and as basic as they are because 
I think you and I can agree, white women can be thin with blonde hair and blue eyes and be considered gorgeous because of those very, very basic minimum <laughs> requirements. Uh, they don't have to jump through the same hoops. They don't have the same barriers in place. Um, but I think Pumpkin is not going to necessarily win a, a beauty pageant, right? Even amongst other white women. Um, but she makes good TV. I don't think she was kept around for looks. Smiley definitely was kept around for looks, as was Hoops, like you said. Um, who else? Uh, Peaches? Well, you know, I mean, we'll find out because Peaches is, I don't remember what she looked like because I think she goes yeah, home but soon. <laughs> but let's, let's pour one out for the girls who didn't make it, but were also freed from bondage and were yeah. released from their slave names. Um, first, we have Smokey better known as, in freedom, Joanna. Let's pour one out for Joanna. Next, we have our girl, Cherry, who really laid it all out on the line, only for it to be ripped away. We retired the name Cherry, and we know her as Miko. She was so mad. She leaves without <laughs> even hugging Flav. She does not hug him. She just storms out. As I would, too. I'm out here. I know his, I know he had that taste, that yuck mouth. I know it tasted <laughs> terrible. And she said, I did all it is for what? I, we pour out two for Miko. Next, we have my girl, Shells, with a Z. Shells came in, boring. She left boring, and it makes sense because her freed name is Amber. And I don't know one woman named Amber who's interesting, um, especially if she's white. So sorry to all those Ambers out there. Next, we're pouring one out for Picasso. I'll let you take this one. If you have a few words you want to say to, to Sarah. Picasso slash Sarah. Sarah, her um, her free name was strange but beautiful in her own way. She was not giving what the other girls were giving. However, she was special in her own way. You know, that's all yeah. I have to say about it. She was special, and one day we'll have her on this show we're manifesting. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, maybe least, because she made no impression, we have Bubbles, um, better known as April. Uh, wherever Bubbles is, excuse me, April girl, but you have been freed from your slave name. April, wherever you are, I hope you're doing well. I hope um, you are no longer a bird, and I hope you never did reality television ever again because it was not for you, mama. And I believe you are, are in, a better, in a better life situation, <laughs> which I'm not sure is true for a lot of these girls, but I hope it is. We'll find out, or you all will find out um, in a segment we're gonna call, Where Are They Now? Shells, Amber Kemp, 
According to In Touch Weekly, she was so unassuming, Flavor Flav took a long time thinking of her nickname, eventually settling on shells. In the end, it didn't matter because she left on the first episode. Today, she's happily married and lives in Las Vegas. She is also in a movie called Sans Soleil, where she played the character Jessica. Uh, when did this come out? Oh, it's in post-production. And oh, so she's a working girl. Yeah, she is an, and it's directed by Banu Akseki. Whoever I'm that is. down the rabbit hole. And you're going down an IMDb French hole. All of his, like, <laughs> all of his films are French. So very exciting. <sighs> very happy for Amber. Love, Love that for that queen. All. Good for her. <laughs> so that's all we have for you all today. Uh, thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at FlavorPod, and we'll see you next week.